You seem uncomfortable. Do I make you nervous, Corky? No. Thirsty, maybe. Curious, maybe. It's funny. I'm feeling a little bit curious myself. Everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies that are gay, featuring <laughs> Bryn and Jeremy. <laughs> and as I've just mentioned, uh, this is Gay May Month, voted on by the Dark Council. This is the fourth week that we are doing a gay movie, and boy howdy, do we have a gay movie <laughs> this month for you? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it does we, feel maybe a little less gay than last week, but not by much. You know, I think it's not as specifically gay, we'll, but we'll get into it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not as in story, and I think in direct metaphor, it is not as gay as Stranger by the Lake. I think in like bank shot metaphor and... The Wachowskis like later. Mm, that's true. History. Yes, I feel like there is a uh, quite a bit of an argument. It adds more gayness <laughs> to the world. <laughs> yes, big time. <laughs> uh, I think I think when when you consider what the Wachowskis have in store later, uh, and you look at it through that lens, I think, th- and you read about what they say about it later, um, I think that it is a uh, pretty at least queer generally um sure if not specifically gay um however we do not see any any men sucking dick on screen it's not quite as explicit as stranger (laughs) by the lake but it's pretty close i mean there's the one scene is like one of the most explicit like lesbian uh so our the movie this week is bound that's right lana and uh-huh honey <laughs> found two uh-huh honey uh L- lana and lily wachowski's feature film directorial debut um which i'm excited to talk about um, i am too i had heard so much about it i'd heard nothing i'd never heard of it <laughs> oh really you'd never he- seen never it never heard, heard of it? it never seen it nothing yeah well i'm very excited to talk about it then um but we can't. We simply can't. We can't. We're not allowed. It's, it's against <laughs> the rules. They would call the police. They'll throw us right in jail. These days, if you talk about bound before you're supposed to, they throw you right in jail. No. And so we don't do that. We must first talk about our other little movies we watched. Right. And Bryn. Yes. I must know. <laughs> What else did you watch this week? <laughs> Thank you so much for asking, Jeremy. Uh, this week I was on a plane uh, for a total of tw- I think twenty hours. Um, you went to you went to Berlin, right? I went to Berlin again. Wow. So I was on a nine-hour flight and then another nine-hour flight. Was it work-related, or you just do another like fun trip to Berlin? This one was work. Um, I did get one day off and I played a flesh and blood tournament. That sucks. Uh, <laughs> that sucks. You played flesh and blood in Berlin. What With the fuck? The Germans, Brand? it was so fun. Um, I, I mean, a lot of what I was doing, we had, we were there for a synthesizer convention, gorgeous, beautiful in uh, a huge park made by the Soviets called the FEZ. Mm. Um, and it's all outside. Um, we, there's like little, I showed, I, tagged you on twitter there's a little train that runs around the whole thing it's a beautiful thing it's gorgeous um i had a lot of berlin time i mean we went out every night Mm -hmm. Uh, i went to rooftop dance parties i just also happened to play flesh and blood one night um (laughs) (laughs) and i i won i got i did top eight and i got a local flow wow but uh it was a very good time um but i did watch movies okay um the one one I wanted to mention that I watched uh, that I fell asleep 
towards the end. Um, <laughs> and so I don't have much to say about it. I just wanted to say I watch F9, which is Fast and the Furious oh, yes. 9, yeah, yeah, of course. also known as F9, the Fast Saga. Okay. Um, <laughs> This was the very first Fast and the Furious movie I'd ever seen. Really? Not even a single second. I'd never seen a scene from another Fast and wow. the Furious movie. So I thought, you know what? Everyone... Why I not lost, fly right in? Yeah. I Why not just see what's going on right now? And boy, howdy, does this fucking suck. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's like, what if a Marvel movie was not fun? Mm-hmm. And had no like cool visuals. It was just boring muscle people mm-hmm. saying the worst lines in history and saying the same kind of dumb Josh Whedon kind of bullshit to each other. Right. And then making like meta jokes about how like they should be dead because this is so dangerous and like they're doing and also they're spies now or something. Mm-hmm. Uh this was awful. Um, yeah, I can't believe anybody seriously like tries to get me to watch it as though I would enjoy it. No, I think what you need to what you need to do to appreciate the fast movies, and I won't say that I appreciate the fast movies because I really don't. I don't like them, and They're I don't terrible. like this. I don't like this weird thing that happened where like normal people suddenly are like, "I love how stupid they are." They're just no. popcorn fun, you know. It's fucking <laughs> stupid. Shut up. Um, it's not that. Like I kind of that's the thing. Normal people started saying that. Yes. Like, uh, really right around, like, Fast 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, when eight, 7 or 8 started coming out, people and were like, And it really like, just, like, ah, came out of fun. nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I'd never heard anybody talk about, you know, 3 through 7. And right. then, you know, suddenly out of nowhere, everyone's like, these are really fun movies. They're, yeah, they're actually stupid. Funny, stupid. It's kind of fun how over the top and campy they are. So, wrong, bitch. Wrong. wrong. Very wrong. <laughs> so the thing that's the thing that I feel like you have to do to even remotely appreciate them, however, Bryn, is you must watch the first one. Because okay. what you need to understand is like where this franchise began. So it becomes much more funny. Like you can at least laugh at something like Fast 9 when you have seen Fast 1 because of how goofy the difference is. Because in Fast 1, it's a very grounded movie about... Yeah. It's about street racing. Mm -hmm. And it's about, you know, like, illegal nighttime street races. Uh, This guy is a cop who's trying to bust a ring of thieves who are operating, he believes, out of, you know, illegal street races because of the cars that they're driving when they do their theft. You know, right. and he's like, it's, okay, it's, it's fucking these point guys break have with cars. Yes, exactly. He's like, he's like, these guys have cool cars. They seem like they're modded up. These guys know what they're doing. I bet I could find them in street racing. And that's what the movie's about, you know, and he like infiltrates right. their gang and he gets a little too close. And then at the end, he's like, oh, uh oh, I'm too close. I don't actually want to arrest this guy, but I got it anyway. And that's kind of how it ends, you know. And like it's so ho hum, you know. It's like the 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 um like the heist that they're doing is they're like you know they're they're stealing DVD players off of a fucking you know off of a uh of an eighteen wheeler, you know. Right. <laughs> and then like so you need to see that to really fully appreciate how now they're in like the Burj Dubai <laughs> driving a fucking NASCAR out a window into like the next sense. nearby building it and whatever. Th- it doesn't even have. There's no. I mean, I yeah, it just there's no through line there that could make it make any sense. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely think it is still extremely stupid and not funny. Um, yeah, and, well, that's that was the real problem is that it like knows it's stupid and like mm-hmm. they want you to know that they know it's stupid the whole yes. time, and that just makes me want to grit my teeth. It made mm-hmm. me want to turn it off. Um, can't believe that it's so bad. Uh, so. Don't tell me to watch this shit anymore. Maybe yeah, I'll watch the first never. one. Never. You should watch the first one. It's kind of a fun vibe. It's a good it's a good California movie. Right. Good and California I like good, vibes. I, I like good California vibes, but I will not be watching cuz people have been like so many people have been saying that shit since you know f- 7 or whatever. Yeah, I feel like it was like that, 5 or 6 years ago that I started really um hearing that yeah yeah and like so many people have been saying that i've been like i guess i better start from the beginning and like get into this series don't tell me to do that shit this is awful (laughs) you are you are blinded if you think this movie is worth watching ever very stupid um so the other movie i watched on the plane 
uh, that I'm going to talk about this week is Martin Scorsese's 1986 under uh, very under talked about movie, uh, The Color of Money. <laughs> you saw uh, this on a plane. <laughs> I watched that on a plane. Uh, Why did they have that on a plane? Great question. <laughs> they had a lot of stuff. Um, it was uh, this is a movie that is a very long after sequel to a movie called The Hustler, uh, which I've never seen or heard of. Um, but it's a it's an old 1961 movie with uh, with Paul Newman, and he plays pa- Fast Eddie. He's a pool hustler. And uh, I guess some pool stuff happens. I don't know. And then they made mm. a sequel of it. That a book came out many decades later that was the sequel. And then Scorsese was like, I will make that. Um, and so he does. And this is a movie uh, where Paul Newman is now a sort of washed up pool hustler, kind of wandering around. Uh, he, he's like a liquor salesman in Chicago. How do you become now. a washed up pool hustler? You like lost all his money? I don't know. I didn't see the first movie, but he like, I guess he's just like kind of retired. Like he like has enough money and he just like chills out in bars and like talks to people who also, um, this is right after after hours. This is the movie he made the year after after hours. So, you know, this is after taxi driver, after raging bull and it's sandwiched between after hours and the last temptation of Christ. So he's having a weird couple of years at the end of the eighties here. Um, but he, uh, yeah, so he makes this movie where um, he's just kind of a, it's not really clear what he does in the movie. He's just like wandering around bars. Um, and there it's this weird picture of this kind of underworld where there's pool halls. This mm-hmm. is the 80s. Sure. And there's just like all of these, there's these buildings where it's not exactly a bar. There's yeah. just like 10 pool buildings. Tables or those still exist. You can still go to a pool hall. I've never been to anything like this. They're not super common anymore. There's one in um, there's one in Ridgewood. I used to go to sometimes. So I guess in these, I guess my big my biggest issue with the movies it doesn't really tell you how the game works. <laughs> I don't pool? know how I don't know how nine ball works. Oh, like I I just don't know what the shots are supposed to be. So they're like constantly being like shooting the eight ball in the pocket and mm. then i'm like what <laughs> does that mean That's, you lose there's balls on the table still i don't get the idea um so uh he he still stakes back for players and i think nine ball is the one where you set them up in a diamond it is yeah and then you got to hit them in sequential order so you got to do one two three four five six seven eight nine uh but what if what if the other what happen what did the other person do on their turn? What if you do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then the last person just has to hit in nine? Then I think they win. That's it? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, it is um the way the game works is that it's like you go until you miss, like you do in regular pool. Yeah. Um and the goal is to just get to the end of the nine. Weird. Weird game. Um so I've never played that one. Anyway, point is, is that he's sort of just chilling, doesn't seem to be very like sad or anything. He's just like hanging out with his girlfriend, who's like a a woman his age. And uh, all of a sudden, Tom Cruise comes in with his girlfriend. And Mm. he's just like so fucking good at nine ball that Paul Newman cannot believe it. And he's like, I'm going, he, he's sort of reinvigorated and he's like, I want a piece of this kid's action. And so he offers to not only like uh, stake his bets, he like wants to teach him how to hustle. Okay. And sort of like how to lose and be a, I don't a shark. know. Shark, pool shark. He, yeah, but he has a f- a f- not a fence. Uh, he says all these other words. Um, but the idea is it's, flake. you're sharking, he says he's right? He's a good you're- flake. You're doing like uh, you're like pretending to be bad at first and then winning, right? Yeah, that's the idea. But yeah. it's like they it's 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 even more complicated than that because they go to places that are like they know people are good at pool, mm-hmm. and so he's like, this guy over here, he's the best at pool, but we can't fool him. He'll know. This guy brings four thousand dollars every day and wants to bet. He wants 
he doesn't care if he loses so mm -hmm. we're gonna go for him and tom cruise's ego is like no fuck you i want to play the best guy and right so they get into all these little fights and tissies over like how eddie uh or sorry vincent the uh tom cruise's character just just he's a he's a hothead he doesn't know how to do it so he's great as a little kid tom cruise just being a hothead and putting in a really good acting performance his girlfriend is really good uh played by mary elizabeth Mastr mastrantonio or i don't know how to say her name um but her everyone is really good in this movie um the problem is is that the story is just sort of very very paint by numbers where it's just he brings the kid with him they go on a little road trip to each of these little like pool halls and they're kind of gearing up to go to atlantic city and play this big tournament right before the big tournament uh they get in a big argument and then they split off and paul newman is now invigorated and also his ego is back and he wants to win the tournament himself mm -hmm. so he enters the tournament they enter and then they have to fight head to head um but at that point, it sort of loses a lot of steam because you don't really care about him as like winning a tournament and he's already old and he doesn't need to prove anything. Right. Um, and then it turns out that like during their big game, Tom Cruise threw the game to win a bunch of money and he's like goes to his room. He's like, hey, here's your cut. Like I threw the game and Paul Newman was all happy because he won, but then he got fooled and he's like mad now and then he's like i want your real game and then they have another argument and then like they play a real game and then like that's the end of the movie you don't even find out who wins mm. and it just like ends yeah and i was like what is the point of this movie interesting uh it didn't feel very like like the story was just really flat anyway and even if they gave me like you know a sort of like oh and then one of them wins it's or they they come back together and they are all good i would have like liked it a little more as like a fun like butch cassidy sundance kind of movie or something or some sort of sports movie but it like doesn't even do that uh it just feels like a sad old man trying to win like get back his groove and then just like not doing it yeah <laughs> uh damn i don't know weird movie variety magazine ranks it his second to worst it's it's got a lot of cool cinematography or it looks pretty flat and bland but like there's a lot of cool pool shots like a lot mm -hmm. of cool uh balls rolling right towards the camera and then like following it in the pockets and stuff nice um that's cool the characters and acting is really good um but yeah it just doesn't have anything to say or according to wikipedia uh commented that it lacks in narrative shapeliness um and then still gave it a nine out of ten because probably it's they're wow. just like jerking off martin scorsese this is ridiculous <laughs> after hours is 18 casino is 17 what? and then the irishman is 16 get lost you fucking freaks what's wrong with you <laughs> wait this is his worst movies this is variety magazine ranking all of his movies okay so they're saying after hours is one above this uh so this is out of uh, at the time they did this, this is out of 25. So 24 is the color of money. And then... Okay. It's one of the... It's it's a pretty I bad mean, that's, one. I mean, that's fine. I, I, I'm willing to accept that because I it, haven't seen it. But I mean, no, no, like... No, there's no After chance Hours, 18, get lost. It's so good. Casino, <laughs> 17, get lost. It's so good. Yeah. Irishman, 16. I could already say this is wrong. That's way below <laughs> those two. Well, it's also wild because like fucking um shutter island is dog shit yeah and that's that's high <laughs> and that look at all these movies that are better than shutter island this is unfucking believable taxi driver number 13? six shut up shutter island at 13 are you out of your fucking mind <laughs> it's a parted at number four silence at number one <laughs> what this is this is this is bananas. I don't. Now, I I gotta see the silence movie. This guy's a fucking psycho. Whoever did this, Age What's of wrong Innocence at five. That's crazy. Ridiculous. Okay. Raging Bull is obviously number one. Raging Bull is number two to this guy. I haven't seen Silence, so I can't comment. But the rest of this list makes him seem like a maniac. Yeah. 
Um, so That's anyway, crazy. I watched Collar of Money and it was okay. Okay. Uh, I don't recommend watching it. Uh, it's not really very good. Uh, what did you watch this week? Thank you for asking, Bryn. This week I watched the 1995 American road comedy film. To Wong Fu, thanks for everything, oh. Julie Newmar. <laughs> <laughs> for Game A. <laughs> for Game A. Uh, somebody had brought it up on Twitter to me when I, uh, in a completely unrelated thing, uh, I had posted something about how crazy uh, John Leguizamo's range was in the oh, 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they said, and they said, I left out To Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. And I had never even heard of it. Oh, you um, never heard of that movie? So I was instantly fascinated. I was like, I have to watch this for Game A. Um, so this is directed by Beban Kidron. Really? Also, Beban Kidron. Who also directed... <laughs> not uh, a whole lot. Uh, I'm going to guess very little. We've got Great Moments in Aviation. Swept from the Sea. Mm. 2000s Cinderella TV movie. Mm. <laughs> Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. Hippie, Hippie Shake. Yeah, not a lot of... But Bridget Jones is a big movie. Uh, but Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason from 2004. The, the sequel, yeah. That's a big movie, is right? Is that the sequel or is that like a later sequel even? That is the second movie. Okay. Well, anyway, not a lot of movies here. Um... And uh, Tu Wong Fu is like in the middle of her career as well, which is interesting. Yeah, I remember this movie coming out uh, and having, this is how weird Los Angeles is. I'm nine years old. I remember people telling me that this movie was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Tu Wong Fu is a f- great, fun movie. Yeah. Um, well, this is during a weird like mid 90s um, American infatuation with drag. Um there's like oh. a brief period, it feels like, in culture where like everybody was like, drag is great. And like <laughs> the nineties like optimism you, and stuff just like stinks all over this movie. Can you um, think of another example of that? Yeah, uh the birdcage is okay, the following year. That, yeah. Um and uh RuPaul just kind of generally has like a pretty high media That's presence. Mm-hmm. Uh doesn't have any of, of his shows yet, but you know He's not like, in this. He is RuPaul. RuPaul, is in RuPaul this? has a brief oh, cameo. Yeah, I see it. Rachel Tensions. Has Rachel <laughs> Tensions. Yeah. Um, great drag name. So the story of Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, is um, so we have three characters played by Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, John Leguizamo. They are all drag queens. They are in a big drag pageant in New York at Webster Hall. And. Um, Oh, is is there is Webster Hall in the movie? Webster Hall is in the movie, featured prominently at That's the very awesome. beginning. Uh, good New York for the brief time that we're in New York, and then no New York following that. It's a road trip movie. It's a road trip movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so they're at Webster Hall. They're in a drag show, and uh, they're being queened. You know, they're being crowned drag queen of the year or whatever. Uh, Patrick <laughs> Swayze has been waiting for it forever. Um, Rachel Tensions won it last year. She comes down from the ceiling in a beautiful Confederate flag dress. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> is like lowered from the ceiling, comes down and says, <laughs> this year it's a tie between Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes. And the two of you, uh, your prize for being drag queen of the year is you get a ticket to go to this like, you know, national level drag tournament in, in Los Angeles. Uh, you get these plane tickets and they're like, uh, we want money. So they sell the plane <laughs> tickets and they buy a cheap car to drive to LA. Mm. There's a brief cameo as well from Robin Williams as a like wealthy gay financier, uh, you know, kind of scammer guy uh, sure. who hooks them up with the connection for the cheap car. His name is John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> he gets them their car and they're going to drive cross country. They also meet John Leguizamo, who is a younger drag queen who is sad that she didn't win and they feel bad for her. So they take her along with them for the road trip. It's so wild that, uh, Robin Williams was not gay. I know. Right. Is, are we sure about that? Yeah. I feel like, (laughs) well, I feel like that's always been a joke about him is that he was, you know, closeted or whatever. 
or just like not closeted, but maybe just like, uh, not public, you know, about being gay. Right. Um, but anyway, so they, uh, they're, they're driving cross country. They, uh, they get pulled over by a cop who, uh, doesn't real, nobody ever realizes that they're men, even though they are like some of like the acting is pretty good. I would say the drag is very bad. <laughs> like Patrick Swayze <laughs> is like, like Patrick Swayze is pretty bad. Wesley Snipes really bad. <laughs> like, mm. There is like, this is just like a level of drag that would be thoroughly unacceptable in this day and age. <laughs> like these people, like they are not even trying. Leguizamo like, is doing great. Leguizamo really? looks nice. Um, very good drag happening there. Not great from, from old Patty or Wesley, (laughs) but anyway, nobody ever seems to realize that they're drag Queens. Um, so this cop pulls them over and is like, hubba hubba. Uh, but then (laughs) sees up the, the joke is that he thinks that they're women, thinks they're women, but he's mad at Patrick Swayze for driving around with a black person and a Hispanic person. So he's calling them slurs. And then he like takes them out of the car and he's like, I got to pat you down. Uh, to make sure there's no drugs. And then he tries to rape <laughs> Patrick Swayze. What? Uh, he's like reaching his hand up, up his dress. And there's this like, you know, the, the, it, it's all so campy though. And it okay. all is like played for laughs. So it's like the cop is, um, Chris Penn. And, um, <laughs> so he's like, he's like, Oh, I'm going to reach my hand up your dress. And like Patrick Swayze's like, no, please. Like, uh, you know, leave me alone. I'm such a delicate woman. And then they just like suddenly just like breaks the drag voice and goes like, get your hand off of my dick. And he just like punches <laughs> him and he just falls over dead. <laughs> and they're like, Oh no, I think you killed him. We have to go. And they drive away. Um, <laughs> so they're in drag the whole time. They're in drag the whole time. Yeah. They never Why? get out of drag. Um, um, cause this movie believes that that's what drag queens be doing. Um, and then their car breaks down in a random middle of nowhere town and the rest of the movie, they're in the town, uh, teaching people how to be fabulous. Mm. Um, and that all is fun. And then the cop wakes up, he's not actually dead. And so he's pursuing them, trying to find them. There's a lot of really funny stuff around that where like, like, Every scene in this movie basically could. I, I'm so surprised that everything in this movie is not a meme. Like, there's so many great like <laughs> screenshots that you could take and post, and you'd get you do huge numbers. There's. I'm like, looking at a uh, an image, a GIF of uh, John Leguizamo standing in front of a farmer saying, "That's so romantical." Oh, that's all right, but I mean, like, so Chris Penn. There's one scene where he's like looking around town for them, and he's got a big like Sharpie marker and a pad and a pad of paper, and he wrote like uh, he writes like um, places to find homos. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like antique store, flower shop, and then he's like crossing parlor. them off. Yeah, and he's crossing them <laughs> off as he checks them. <laughs> there's that there's like um he has like that's so funny he gets like a police sketch uh of of you know it's like wanted drag queen and it's just like a picture of like a woman with like a huge like boxy chin and he's like pulling over women and like holding the picture next to them to see if they look like it <laughs> oh, I saw you posted that. <laughs> so That's there's a so lot of funny. like really, really, really funny stuff in it. Um, it got a couple <laughs> of really big laughs out of me. I think overall <laughs> the story is pretty, you know, lackluster. Yeah, who gives a shit? Again, there's like this sort of like 90s optimism stink all over it where it's like, you know, the whole they're in this like, you know, middle of nowhere rural Midwestern town and like everybody eventually finds out that they're drag queens but they not only don't care, they love drag now and they're all in drag and they're like, you know, the cop finally finds them and they're just like, oh, I'm a drag queen. I'm a drag queen too. And they're like, you know, standing up to the cop and whatever. So I don't know. There's definitely it leaves a lot to be desired on that front. Mm. But uh, I definitely uh, I think it's really funny. <laughs> it's really stupid, and um, I I think that like it's you know something that like doesn't really happen as much anymore. I feel like it kind of ended maybe with maybe with Brokeback Mountain. Um maybe a little after that where it was like, it was kind of like a thing that prestige actors would do 
where they'd be like, like straight male actors would be like, I'm doing a gay role and that's how you're going to know that I'm like no joke. You know, I'm a real actor. I'm being gay. And, And this isn't really necessarily like that, but it is very interesting that like, you know, the three of them are like three of the most bookable actors in Hollywood at the time. You know, Wesley Snipes is coming off of like, you know, white men can't jump and like demolition man and like <laughs> huge, you know, like, like yeah, it's blockbuster so crazy that this action movie stuff like gets made and then also is like popular. Mm-hmm. It like made money. Not that much, but it like it did. Okay. It was 47 million on 30 million. Yeah, it did okay. Nothing crazy, but like enough to at least be for like, like a low, a mid budget like drag queen movie. I feel like pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. And then I don't know. Yeah, what is this guy? He he had just been not but in the nineties. Like, he had done Ghost, Point Break, The Player, Tall Tale was a big movie. Yeah. Yeah, so no, that's 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 Swayze coming flop. into this. <laughs> Wesley Snipes, <laughs> the years before this for Wesley Snipes, we've got uh, we've got Jungle Fever, New Jack City, we've got White Men Can't Jump, wow. you know, Boiling Point, Demolition Man, pretty fucking big movies. <laughs> John yeah. Logazamo is like a young up and comer, but even he's got like. He's got Carlito's Way the year before this, or two years before it. Um, he's, you know, he's maybe a little less established, but even he's, like, getting pretty big movies. <laughs> so it's it's a pretty interesting, it's a pretty interesting thing. You don't really see it anymore. The big the big boys in Hollywood aren't, aren't going gay on camera no more. Yeah, I think there's, like, a worry now that you're not allowed. Mm-hmm. Like... Oh, that it, you have you know, to be gay to be gay. You gotta be, yeah, don't play gay or yeah. whatever. Uh, I don't know if that's a phrase. Art. Yeah, don't play gay. That's the Florida. That's the Florida <laughs> bill. <laughs> Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis will to... <laughs> kill you if you pretend to be gay on TV. Uh, yeah. Uh, so is it a fu- so it's a fun movie? It's a fun movie. I would recommend it. It's definitely stupid. I would recommend it with like a group. Um, mm. But it's like a fun, campy. It's a fun, campy, good time for sure. Yeah. If you watch Drag Race, you'll like it. If you watch Drag Race, you'll love it. Yeah. If you like <laughs> drag at all, if you find drag funny in any way, uh-huh. you're going to love it. Like if you find campy humor funny, you're going to be over the moon about it. Like it's there's too much. There's too much funny shit. Like the, when they meet John Leguizamo, one of the most quotable lines in the movie probably is like um, uh, he's like cr- John Leguizamo is like crying in a stairwell after the um, after the drag queen pageant. And Swayze and Wesley Snipes are like trying to devise their way to get to California. Mm-hmm. And um, they see Leguizamo and um, Patrick Swayze's like, oh, why is that little Latin boy in drag crying? Oh, find out why that little Latin boy in drag is crying. <laughs> and then Wesley Snipes just goes over and goes like, little Latin boy in drag, why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds fun. It's fun. It's a good time. All well... Right. I think it's time that we move on to our feature presentation. Which is this year for this month, this week. This week. For Gay May. It is the Wachowski Sisters 1996 directorial debut. American neo-noir crime thriller (laughs) film. Bound. Bound. Starring Uh Jennifer Tilly. Honey. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Gina Gershon and Joe Pantoliano. Yes. Um. In a pretty, uh, in a really big role for him, mm-hmm. uh, and according to him, his favorite role he's ever interesting. Been in. I believe it. Uh, he gets to do a lot of stuff. Um, this movie was made for six million and made seven million. It wasn't <laughs> a huge hit. And then they just got to make the Matrix. And then they got that. to make the fucking Matrix. Okay, so I talked to you at the beginning of this uh, that. Your history was that you'd never heard of it. Never even heard of it. Knew and nothing about it. So I, as I said last it week. It wasn't until, not only had I never heard of it, it wasn't until I turned the movie on to watch it last week and saw at the beginning the Wachowski brothers. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Oh my God. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, because if I don't know a movie that we're watching, I really, really like to come in cold as much as I can. <laughs> 
Oh, that's really And so I literally, I turned it on, saw like right at the beginning, the Wachowski brothers. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Did you Google? Or are you just like, oh my God, yes. Yeah, no, I just, I just watched the movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, So I heard about this movie when I was a big fan of the Matrix. Like I had the the making of DVD. I had the comics. Mm -hmm. I still had, you know, I have, when the Matrix came out, I was just like, this is my identity. I love sure. the Matrix. So I was a big fan of, you know, following the Wachowskis. This movie, for some reason, didn't cross my radar until much later. And when I did hear about it, um, I feel like it was around the time the sequels were ending. I think around the time Speed Racer came out. I heard about it and I was like, Oh, they made a movie before The Matrix. Okay, cool. And then everyone on the internet were like, "Don't watch it. It's stupid. Mm. It don't. It's it sucks. Wrong. Um, and wrong. So I, <laughs> wrong. And and they were like, it's sort of just a bland noir movie with some 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 so kissing. So stupid. Uh, that was my interpretation of it for a while. Yeah. That it was sort of just like a movie that I was gonna like eventually watch out of like obligation because I like all their other movies. Boy was I was everyone wrong. That Anyone is who's ever said so that so fucking broke. That's such a bad bullshit fucking <laughs> It's the worst opinion of ever. It really ever. makes me like so mad now. <laughs> I can't Yeah, because this movie was like is like consistently buried and every time it comes up people are like, "Man, it's not like the idiots who like the Matrix." also created like the current fascist movement so don't mm-hmm. listen to people who like the matrix yeah dumbasses <laughs> yeah listen to us we're cool we're your friends this we, movie, we won't lead you wrong this movie right. fucking rocks it rips <laughs> it's so hard am i gonna say it's the matrix no it's, not the, it's matrix. not the matrix nothing can be the matrix it's not fair but does this movie whip ass in a very serious way yes also, Very though, much. <laughs> is it kind of the closest movie they've ever made to The Matrix in tone? Mm. Also, kind of, yes. E- would you even put it ahead <laughs> of maybe a few of The Matrix sequels? Yes. Like, <laughs> the, like the absolute like dripping with style. Every single shot, yeah. they are just like eating the scene up. Um, they've clearly thought about like, I don't, they're just like, you can see the DNA of everything they ever make after this in this movie. And it's not like, Oh, I see how it'll get good. It already fucking rocks. Um, and then they don't make a movie this small again. So it kind of all goes into bombast. Um, except for like little, like littler parts of cloud Atlas and, yeah, it you almost know. makes me wish that they would take a crack at making a little movie again, you know? Absolutely. Because like, it's like at this point, they've got to be so fucking rich that a $6 million movie is something they can just do themselves. They don't got to ask anybody, you know? They don't, they don't need any money. <laughs> I mean, they like are self-financing fucking like Jupiter Ascending, which costs like $200 million. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't completely self-funded, but it, you know... Uh, a cloud atlas i think was i think they like raised money for it by themselves um and that movie cost uh maybe like 150 so yeah i think that if they wanted to get together and make a movie like this uh they absolutely could um i'm sure it's just that they're so they're so deeply against like doing anything they don't want to do <laughs> that it's like whatever but like yeah this movie oh man i i was just like it's been a long time since i've because when i watch movies you know it's i feel like the movie has to demand my attention for me to give it my full attention you know like for me to not look at my phone or like look at a video game or a switch or whatever it's it's like it doesn't happen very often. And there was like, it was like 10 minutes into this movie where I just like stopped touching anything and was just like looking at the screen like a, like a child, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> watching a cartoon. Um, yeah. So why don't we talk about what the movie is about? Yeah. Uh, you should take it. I watched this a week ago. I'm going to miss stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I watched it today. Um, 
This movie is about, oh uh, God, there's a woman and her name is Corky. Um, Corky how could I forget? Corky so, moves in next door. Corky moves to in Violet. To Violet. And she is renovating an apartment. She's fresh out of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, she was. She's a thief. She's a crook. She's a little criminal lady. She is the hottest woman on earth. <laughs> she's gorgeous. Uh, Gina she's Gershon. beautiful. She's perfect. I'd let her kill me. <laughs> Jeremy is horned up for, I mean, this, okay, yeah, okay, well, let's keep going. Uh, <laughs> Gina Gershon is very beautiful in this movie and apparently all the time. Um, oh, she's in Showgirls. I didn't know that. So Corky moves next door to a couple, uh, which is Violet and Caesar. Um, Caesar played by Joe, Joey Pants and uh, Violet played by Jennifer Tilly, who is... I'm always like bouncing back and forth if I think she's attractive or not. <laughs> she's bizarre because uh, she's like, um, like her voice is so annoying, but her then voice she seems is awful. So, um, but then, then it's not when she's like with Corky. I really loved that, and we're going to get into it. But yeah. like the duality of her performance is really good. Um, but so I always think about how um, there was a time in the '90s where you could have done a movie with uh, Jennifer Tilly. Uh, Renee Joey Lawrence Adam. and Joey Lawrence Adam <laughs> and they would have been like th- they could have played sisters they could have played like perfect sisters I-, I had to look it up whether this was Joey Lawrence Adam I thought or, it was yeah or whatever her name is the chasing yeah, whatever, Amy the, girl. the chasing Amy girl yeah um I think we it's something knew. like that I think it's something like that I always uh, want to call her Jennifer Jason Lee but it's not Jennifer <laughs> Jason Lee no that's not her she's cool I mean I think they're both cool but anyway so Violet and Caesar Caesar is a mob a mafia he's a mafia guy guy. um and uh it is the 90s so they don't really call it the mafia but he's definitely in the mafia Mm -hmm. joey lauren adams is her name um and um so violet is or excuse me corky has like a cleaning up renovating the apartment job and violet is just bored housewife basically she kind of like it's the 90s, but she's stylized, and their whole relationship is supposed to be like it's the 40s. Like, she's like Betty Boop, and they like really lean heavy into making her like when she's around Caesar, like this ditzy sort yeah. of like twirler hair. She literally like almost says boop boopy doop. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, she's like supposed to be the dumb, like a uh, mafia sidearm or yeah. side piece. Um, and so. But while he's at work or whatever, gone, uh, she just immediately wants to fuck Corky. Yeah. And the so- moment they see each other. And you can understand because, again, Corky is just, wow, <laughs> what a dime. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and I think most people think that about Jennifer Tilly or whatever. She's the sort of like voluptuous, and then Corky's like the hard butch dyke. Yeah. Sort and of. if you're into that sort of thing, my friends, <laughs> so we get a little bit of of we get a little bit of that set up. We see um, Corky go to a gay bar and try to uh, pick up some poon, and then failing, and then uh, Violet sort of being with her boyfriend. Um, but then they pretty immediately get together. Um, yeah. she f- drops her earring down a hole, uh, into the, into the sink and on purpose to call Corky over and be like, Hey, can you come fix my thing? I'm such a helpless bitch. And then Corky's like, <laughs> I'm just a dumb bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I've and then got Corky, the brain of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I have a walnut in my head. You can hear it rattle around. <laughs> and so they fuck. Um, yeah. and it's very explicit and, and wow and very hot <laughs> this movie is so horny it's um, so horned up it really like i mean so last week on the bonus episode i accidentally i i accidentally watched bound in the wrong order i yeah. watched it instead of stranger by the lake and i i said to you how horned up i thought bound was and you were like i mean are you sure compared to stranger by the lake it's <laughs> pretty horned up movie too i it's do actually a, feel like this might be more horned up oh, even for though sure. like stranger is obviously more explicit this feels much more like you i know. mean <laughs> it's so funny watching this movie and being like yeah guys made this movie <laughs> 
I mean, like the fact that they're trans women is like already so apparent. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, absolutely. Though this is out- this is again. It's like. <laughs> I feel like we did this joke at some point about the Matrix where it's like the the producer on the movie coming in and being like, so Switch, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think that modern audiences are really going to uh, understand uh, a character that becomes a man inside the Matrix and a woman outside. And they're like, Why would that happen? They're like, yeah, Why? that would be weird. You're right. That's weird. I don't think that's normal at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll write that out. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, it must have sucked to like have been realizing this in like 1995 mm-hmm. but i mean it's it is pretty on screen here. yeah the, uh, <laughs> it is really yeah you're right it's really hard to watch this and be like yeah men are definitely horny this way <laughs> <laughs> this is how men are <laughs> it feels like porn for women made by women uh it's yeah it's really sexy it's really uh, effective um i'll say um so they start hooking up um and she sort of they sort of having start having this like conversation about like whether they're good for each other or if it's a kind of a fling and and Jennifer Tilly is just like I want out of my life and she's you know uh Corky is sort of mean about it and sort of like you don't get it you're not a dyke you're you're yeah. you're in a straight relationship and she's like well I don't want to be and I you know she's like that's it's not sex to me I'm just like I'm doing it because I'm good at being hot. Um, and and so I'm just with this guy because I want my life to be better. <laughs> and, you know, fucking him and just like living, I get to live in a nice house and I get to have a lot of money or whatever. She's like, you think you're the only person who's good at something? Um, and so that sort of makes Quirky view her in a little bit different way. And they sort of start, they argue, but they start trusting each other. And uh, basically, they come up with this plan to steal all of uh, Joey Pants's money, and uh, and then run away with it together. Yeah, he has like he's like he's in the midst of a scheme that's going to bring a bunch of money to the house. Um, he's like getting it out of this one guy, and then he has to give it to his boss, and they're going to steal the money before he gives it to the boss, and then run away with it. Right, they're gonna, and they, 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 the way this is shot is so fun, and I, I didn't, I, I wasn't sure if I liked it at first because I was like, are they gonna do it again? Um, but they start like developing the plan and then showing what, like them executing the plan, mm-hmm. and I was like, how, like, how is this? What is this movie gonna be if this is them executing the plan? Um, so they, they start showing them being like, okay, well, you'll drop the Glenn Livet because the boss likes the Glenn Livet. He'll be all surprised. You go, go outside. I'll come in. I'll steal the money. You go back out. He'll want to, he'll freak out. He'll realize there's nothing for him to do because it'll seem like he's the one who took the money no matter what he does so that you'll have to leave and you guys run away and then we'll meet up later. Yeah. Uh, and that's the plan. Um, that You see all of that happening as they're doing the plan and then it starts going wrong. Yeah, they start um, executing it and almost instantly it's going wrong. Um, it goes wrong, I think, at first. Because the biggest problem is that Joey Pants is like, no, I'm not going to run. I'm going to fuck this guy and we're going to go get the money back, which yeah. is the first thing I thought. But Jennifer Tilly might have said, like, what if there is, what if he passed it off already? That's the one thing that they didn't say that I think might have stopped it. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't say that she's just like i don't know what to do and then she's like i gotta get i don't want to be a part of this i gotta leave and then he kind of like starts smelling something fishy on her and is like you're either for me or against me and you're gonna stay and so she stays she calls corky on the phone she's like i don't know what to fucking do and corky's like don't worry we'll figure it out just stick stay through it i'm not gonna leave without you so you're kind of seeing corky and jennifer tilly's relationship like even more deepen during the heist Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is the rest of this movie which is like another hour and again i want to say this should have been in heist month also oh that's Um, true this was a great heist heist movie (laughs) i mean like what that's what i was saying it's like it's so i was like oh the plan is already happening so the beginning of the heist is starting what is the rest of the movie gonna be but it's like 
the rest of the movie is the heist. Yeah. Like working and it just changing does, hands. It does the reverse of the heist movie thing, right? Where like you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to see it in great detail and then they show it to you in like smaller detail so you can kind of see, you know, how it all came together in the fine lines, right? And then this kind of does it in the opposite way where they show you how it's supposed to happen and then they show it to you in the in the in the detail so that you can, you know, yeah. You see how it went wrong and whatever. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, from there, it's just kind of like things just kind of spiral out of control. There's like multiple people killed. Like Joey goes to like see the boss and he like can't get himself out of the situation. He wants to try to make it seem like the boss's son stole the money, but he can't right. really make that happen. So he pulls a gun out. He ends up killing the boss and his son and the body. Like he kills everybody, he kills everybody, which means like now it's like, you know, it's, it's the mafia. This is bad. You know, yeah. <laughs> like now he's got to run, but he's also got to find the money now. <laughs> so right, like, because he doesn't even have the money. He doesn't even so have the money. Like, he's like, it must be in his car. And then, so he goes to his house and there's like and more mafia guys coming there to, to, to check on things. So they and run he's, back to the, their house and then he finds out that it's corky um because he 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 stupidly finds jennifer chili on the phone with corky she quickly hangs up and then he redials and then the phone is like a yeah you can hear through the wall the whole thing of the of the movie has been like you can hear stuff through the walls um because they hear each other fucking they hear each other you know doing lots of different stuff um there's a great part where the cops come to their, their house and it almost has the feeling of like Clue or the movie mm-hmm. Oscar with Tim Curry, um, where it's like it's all takes place in this one apartment, um, and there's like lots of people coming and going. There's a lot, but it's I gotta say it's so tense. Mm-hmm. Like this movie has that feeling of like great '90s movies where it's like actually taught mm-hmm. and makes you feel like nail biting for everybody involved. Even even Joey Pants, who's an asshole. But it's like he he doesn't necessarily does it is it implied that he even like hits Jennifer Tilly like I always, it, at by the end it didn't feel like he like no I think he's like mean to her he's and kind of, he's, yeah, he's in kind of crime an and it's like not a really great place for her to be just generally speaking <laughs> yeah but I wish that he was a little meaner to her before so yeah. that there was some vindictiveness I mean like he deserves it either way but like Whatever. well I think it's it's interesting to view this movie in some ways as like a kind of a broader not a metaphor necessarily but just kind of a generally a movie a cautionary tale about men who let their wives like step out with a woman because they're just like oh it's no threat to me you know? <laughs> This is a yeah. whole movie about just like, no, actually, it could ruin your life. <laughs> Not only will she fall in love with the beautiful plumber next door, they'll She'll also steal you. all your money and then kill you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was his fault for uh, trying to cut her finger off. Anyway, so uh, the cops come, they leave, the Corky, is, they, he ties up Corky and Violet, and then... Um, another mafia guy comes to like check on him but then gene um uh jennifer tilly like calls from inside the bathroom it's a whole bunch of fun like cat and not cat and mouse but like power plays everyone has the upper hand and it like culminates in um joy pants finally finding the money going to corky's apartment to or the apartment she's renovating to get the money and then them getting into a fist fight and then Jennifer Tilly coming in and getting the drop on on uh, Caesar and then shooting him. Um, and then they get away. That's the end of the movie. They uh, they he falls in the paint and there's all the blood, the beautiful blood going into the white paint. And then it cuts to them sort of just like having bought a new truck and her dress in a leather jacket and jeans uh, <laughs> and not the dresses she wears. Um, and they're just like, I think um Corky says, you know what the difference is between me and you? And she says, no. And then she says, I don't either. And then they kiss and drive off. Beautiful. Great movie. Um, there's so much more to talk about um, than the story, though. <laughs> uh, the visuals in this movie are like, honestly, the, obviously, it's hard to compare anything to The Matrix. Sure. Because The Matrix is a cultural, like, defining moment changes the course of movies uh in general and action movies and sci-fi but like 
it has so many of the things that make the matrix great visually and like their style seems to like have dropped all at once it's somewhere between this movie feels like the cohen brothers like firing on all cylinders to me um like it kind of feels like if blood simple was made after hudsucker proxy you know mm -hmm. like they like every scene has like swooping cameras and like weird close-ups that are like very very interesting choices that have a lot to say about the characters and the scene and what the context means um it has like uh david fincher level like close-ups on stuff that like I don't even really know how they did this in 1996 for six million dollars mm. like the shot where it like comes out of the barrel of a gun and then it, there's like they're pouring whiskey into a glass and it's like somehow macro it's not cgi yeah it's crazy <laughs> i mean they must have done it with like um like models right they must have had like it very well could have been a model but the liquid looks too good um yeah i i feel like it's some sort of like uh like morph cut maybe or um, like um yeah i don't know like a weird like short lens sort of thing or whatever yeah. or like damn so but yeah whatever I, I it think, is man it is fucking nice it the, looks so the, good and the set design and production like all of the colors really like have a lot of clear choices like uh caesar and and uh violet's house is like all black and white except for like her dress mm -hmm. or like her lipstick and like a lot of the shots are kind of designed that way where like their entire wardrobe is like drab and gray except for her um and the blood works that way um yeah like i said it's style on top of style the drip is insane and the I the fact that no one talks about this movie in the same breath as something like Blood Simple or uh you know the Cohen brothers uh is crazy to me. Um but not on not just the way it looks, but uh I was reading on Wikipedia, uh they gave an interview they get it gave an interview uh where they were saying the themes of this movie um, that they wanted to define every character by the trap that they were making out of their lives. It's about the boxes people make out of their own lives. And it's not only gay people who live in closets. <laughs> uh, there is another type of person who lives in the closet, I think. Um, people in the mafia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think that this movie is sort of and I really enjoyed the way that Jennifer Tilly's character is handled where she's, she's a woman who's not, who has like created the act of herself as, as this sort of like overly feminine, like over sexualized child basically as her job, you know? And then, uh, Corky is on the other side of that as a you know a con artist like Daiku like I can do anything my own I can do whatever a man does um, and they both are sort of like kind of being caricatures for other purposes mm -hmm. um, and they sort of realize that that's sort of not what they want um, and I think you know it's not a movie that is like I don't know it's not wouldn't be considered high art but i think that it's like a really thoughtful movie yeah uh, for a heist movie <laughs> for a heist movie yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff happening there i love that like i love that like producers tried to be like what if corky was a guy and they were like no <laughs> <laughs> that's not the point of no. the movie <laughs> and they, they how say about like, no <laughs> How about shut up? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's also a story that um, that the Wachowskis made the Bound as an audition piece to pr prove they knew what they could that they knew what to do on a movie set. Lana Wachowski said that uh, Joel Silver made that up, <laughs> and they just wanted to make their own their debut kind of like solid. Um, and I think it is really solid. I think it's a like once in a lifetime debut like this is better than reservoir dogs <laughs> this is better than uh blood simple 
I think. Yeah, I've never seen Blood Simple, but I've seen Reservoir Dogs. It's definitely better than Reservoir Dogs. Like, this is a movie that, like, I don't think anyone could have looked at this movie and said, wow, they're going to make The Matrix. (laughs) But in retrospect, I think you can look at this movie. You could have looked at this movie at the time and said, like, these people are incredible and deserve a lot of money. And so I kind of think it makes a little sense that they're like, we're going to make The Matrix. And people were like, okay. I see that you're very, very talented. Do you think so? Yeah, I do. I. Yeah, I mean, I think this... I don't know. This movie fucking whips ass. <laughs> and that's really... I don't know. I, I, I was pretty stoked on it. Um, definitely a big, big wreck for me. Absolutely. I think it's a fantastic movie. I think it's... I think it's a better debut than most of the directors that are currently considered the best directors. Uh, yes. Yes, have. definitely. Um, maybe like, I think some of like the new guys in town maybe have better debuts. Like I think probably hereditary, hereditary is a better debut than this. <laughs> um, the witch is a better debut than this. Mm, okay. Um, I put it up there though. Actually, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I not. think this is a lot more fun back. to watch. Than this the is witch. a lot more fun to watch than the witch. That's true. <laughs> but it is a beautiful movie. I love the witch. But yeah, I mean, I th- I think it's like up there with the great debuts. Is what I'm saying. Yes, and I definitely. think that I think it's sad that this movie doesn't get the respect it deserves, just because it's so different than the Matrix. Yeah, um, folks, you should definitely be evangelizing this movie. Bound fucking rocks. Bound rocks. That's what uh, we got to say about it. Bound High rocks. Recommend. The Wachowskis rock um you know in their name all good things can be done (laughs) (laughs) yeah wachowskis make more fucking movies make more movies please make make movies that aren't you don't have to go crazy you don't have to make you know six hour long sci-fi you know whirlwinds i mean if you want to continue to sure but uh yeah i think that if you can pump out a couple of these every other year like that would be great um so, yeah, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening to Generation Loss. This has been week four of Gay May. Next week will be the host's pick. If you're not familiar with the Dark Council, the Dark Council gets to pick whatever we watch. However, on months that have five weeks, we get to choose one each and then the Dark Council votes on our picks. So next week we'll be watching a movie that I have never seen called The Birdcage uh, with Nathan Lane and um, Robin Williams and Gene Hackman and mm-hmm. Diane Weist, oh, yeah. directed by Ni- Mike Nichols, um, who I think Mike Nichols is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> he directed The Graduate. Um, and I like that movie. Cool. He's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. Oh, he directed Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Also a great movie. Uh, so I'm excited to watch it. Um, it looks uh, pretty funny. Is it a funny movie? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm it's, excited to watch it. I mean, it. I don't want to. I don't want to set Poison your expectations too high or anything. It is to me. It is like a a a like a my cousin Vinny level like nineties oh, nice nice comedy. Okay. Okay. Well, I uh. I'll pull a Jeremy and read literally nothing about yeah, it. Get, get nothing before you go in. Because I don't know anything. I've yeah. seen like a couple of like shots from the movie when it was like, when I, I've seen commercials for it going to be on Comedy Central when I was a teenager. Sure. Um, but that's all I've seen. Um, I'm excited to go Look in. Look no further into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so that'll be next week. Um, and then, and then it'll be another month. Uh, which I, I'm actually blanking on what it's going to be, and we don't need to talk about it right now. Next week, you'll find out what the next Dark Council month. It is a Dark Council month. It is and, definitely uh, Dark Council I, month. Somebody on the Discord uh, mentioned that they wanted to be on the Dark Council next month, so it's about time to start getting in if you want to get in. Um, and if you want to get in, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss, and you can pay us the money to do that there you don't have to spend that much money you can just give us a little five dollars a month that will get you a bonus episode every week 
uh, where we talk about the movie news. We review the trailers of the month. We talk about your emails and we talk about the TV show that we're watching that month, which this month is the final season of The Sopranos. Yes. Um, which I'm almost finished with. Um, and you'll hear my thoughts about it next week if you are behind the paywall. Uh, and if you spend $10 a month, you'll get the Sopranos tier. And that will allow you to vote on what you're going to watch next, which it's looking like it might be getting close to decided, but there's still time for you to influence that decision because uh, we haven't actually done the poll yet. Uh, so go over to patreon.com slash generation loss and get in there and see what you can do. Otherwise, follow us on Twitter at GenLossPod. Follow us individually from there. And until next time, that's, that's movies. movies. Uh-huh, honey. All the mother niggas lame and you know it now. When a real nigga hold you down, you supposed to drown. Bam. Bam. Uh-huh, honey. What you doing in the club on a Thursday? She said she only here for a girl birthday. They order champagne but still look thirsty. Rock forever 21 but just turned 30. I know I got a bad reputation. Walk around always mad reputation. Leave a pretty girl sad reputation. Start a fight club, bad reputation. I turned the nightclub bad at a basement. I turned the plane around, your ass keep complaining.